looking for an apartment sucks wherever you live. People in New York will say, oh, it's so hard to find an apartment here. It's hard to find an apartment anywhere. It stinks. You have your mandatories. You have the things that you won't compromise on. You have the things that you don't care about. Like, let's say, oh, I need a dishwasher. I need a dishwasher. I can't live without a dishwasher. I don't care if I don't have a washer and dryer. Some people feel the exact opposite. Some people don't need any amenities. Some people need an elevator. Some people don't. That's so beautiful. We all need different things. And that's why Apartments.com has an app where you can literally use it to tell it what you need and what you don't need. And it tells you, oh, apartments. Here's some. So instead of looking through every single rental listing you possibly can in the neighborhoods you want, you set and forget, like in that old rotisserie grill ad, you set and forget what you want and Apartments.com will let you know when an apartment that matches what you want appears on the market. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking are listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com's instant alerts mean you can spend less time online looking for the perfect place and more time doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. You will drain us. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. <laughs> and here's Audrina. This is crazy how all this is happening while Lauren's gone. All this happened while Lauren was gone. This what is happened? Crazy. Do you remember what happened when Lauren was gone? Do you know how the world's supposed to end? They just started this, like, in Geneva, this particle accelerator. It's, like, 300 feet underground, and they are smashing particles into each other. Trying to create black holes. Why are they doing that? Because they want to figure out how we're here. They want to prove the Big Bang. And that matter can come out of nothing. This is crazy how all this is happening while Lauren's gone. She has no clue. That's how I feel about us missing a week where I'm like, oh my God, so much happened while we were away. But it's like, did it? <laughs> no, it did. It's just sort of a normal week. No, a lot happened, but I think a lot of it we got out on stage. So maybe to the normal hooligan who's just listening, it's like, wow, so much is going on. But to us, it's like we are have been nonstop spewing this garbage just li- in a live format, you know? We're talking about Camila Cabello on stage. We're talking about Christina El Musa on stage. We're talking about Stevie J on stage. We're talking about all these things. Ali Fedotowski Mano. All this happened on stage at our wonderful tour. But on mic, this is new. So to you, this is all brand new. Which is great for us because we're tired. <laughs> we're tired, but we're back. You know what? It's Thanksgiving week. We're going to have stuffing. We're going to have green beans, turkey, and maybe even some cheese. Huge news. We got um, recognized... He saw us, Joe Bangles, CBE, a.k.a. Cheese Board Enthusiast, saw us, asked us what our favorite cheeses were, and guess what? We got to answer, and now we're in the cheese, Celebrity Cheese Hall of Fame. I haven't checked his website, but I think we're on his website now. Here's my question to you. Mm. So Joe Bangles, CBE, uh, whom we all love. Cheese Board Enthusiast. Cheese Board Enthusiast. Joe Bangles, he wrote back to us. He said, I love your podcast. I was cracking up listening to you guys mention my cheesy randomness a few weeks ago. I'm honored to be able to add you to my cheesy celebrity wall. Do you think that he knew about Who Weekly before? Was he a hooligan before or did he become one because of this? No. <laughs> also, we're not on his cheese board yet. He hasn't updated his cheese board yet. <sighs> okay. Well, maybe I'll keep, I'll keep checking to make sure we one day will show up. Maybe he just hasn't updated yet. 
Joe, if you're listening, if you're a hooligan, as you claim to be, update your cheese board. I don't see you on the homepage. A more relevant shout out we got, which cracked me up, was that we uh, put up a my favorite, obviously my all-time favorite, Demois, um blind, which was saw Biden in D.C. and nonplus, and that <laughs> we put that up on the screen in D.C. It was appropriate. It's my favorite blind. It's about D.C. We were there. And somebody screenshot it. Somebody posted it and added Demois, and then Demois reposted it, and then the the person who originally submitted the tw- the tip, who honestly, I'm not sure you should be so proud of this, DM'd Demois and was like, that was me. And it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> like you it's like the most meta thing. Right. The whole thing was surreal. You know, the Demois stuff being yeah. on Demois was alarming, flattering, <laughs> concerning, overwhelming, concerning. <gasps> Mostly it was just hysterical. I just want to be a part of a nonplus culture, but I feel like we are now part of a nonplus culture. Two non-anonymous people, speaking of our DC show, while we were, you know, performing, air quotes, doing comedy, air quotes, doing presentations, air quotes, someone screamed from the back of the theater, big theater, 600 people, can't understand them. What's this? What are you saying? You're screaming. You're screaming with real enthusiasm, like something is really important. What's this? What's going on? Sean and Camilla broke up. Speaking of Demois, we had just seen on Demois because someone sent it to us that there was a rumor that Camilla and Sean had broke up. And the rumor was that Camilla was spotted on a plane asking her seatmate what to watch if she had gone through a breakup. And it was like, well, I don't know, Mrs. Doubtfire, The Fugitive? I don't I don't know. Both of those are sort of breakup movies when you think about it. Uh, and I was like, I don't believe <laughs> I don't believe this tip at all but apparently the person screened because they had released statements so we read the statements aloud i know i cannot believe that this this kind of like weird and funny don't want tipped turned out to be correct or just at the right time like just like on time because they between the backstage with that with us reading that tip and when we were on stage they put out their messages my question to you though is like are these two thems like is this two themmy for the pod even I think the answer is yes, but we've talked about them so much that they get a pass, you know? (laughs) I don't know. Their behavior is so funny to me that, like, I I find the silliness hooey, if that makes sense. You're just like trying to make an excuse to get this. I'm trying to make an excuse to talk about this. I see. I I see what you're doing. Just just own up to it. Yeah, I I just want to talk about Sean Miller being over. It's mostly sad because. They persisted throughout the pandemic. There were so many breakups over the last year. And Sean Mendes and Camila Cabello seem like a very odd couple to a lot of people. Like, it's surprising that they lasted as long as they did. And so because they lasted as long as they did, I sort of thought they could go through a lot more. And the breakup actually shocked me. But there was a lot there that I think people were fascinated with in terms of if it was a showmance because it would make sense on both for both parties to create such a showmance. On the and come like up. Yeah. I know we're a little I mean, I think showmances are kind of a conspiracy, feels very dated. It's like, oh, we don't do that anymore. But it's like whether what for whatever you think the showmance reason is, let's just say it's for publicity. Let's say it's not hiding anything. I don't really want to get mm-hmm. into that, but like let's just say that it's literally because these are two kind of like medium profile famous people who could get a boost by being in love and also releasing music together. It felt so natural. It felt like this could be the answer. But then you started to doubt it where you were like, wow, they've really been together for a long time for this type of uh, showmance. But now yeah. I'm like looking back like, hmm, you know, it did it did yeah. come at the right time for each of their careers. 
And the thing is, when you said these two sort of middling pop stars who could get a boost from each other, they did. They literally did. So if it was a showmance, it worked, which doesn't prove it was one. But like them being together increased both of their profiles. Right. So they each posted a the same breakup note or like the same like we broke up note, but in different fonts, which I appreciated. Like we got to mm-hmm. like, you know, we each have different styles. Uh, Camilla's is more of a kind of a rounded font. What do you it's call it? Like it's a more casual. of a curry or new, like a typewriter font. Yeah, it's more of, it's closer to kind of a casual, you know, um, hey guys. And then Sean's is like more with serifs. They're both serifs though. Wait, they both have serifs. They're both serifs. Okay. Interesting. Maybe that's the problem. They're mm-hmm. both into serifs. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I read on E Online that Sean was the one who quote initiated the conversation to end uh, his stale relationship mm-hmm. with Camila Cabello. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but like I read that on E. Yeah, yeah. People were posting the photos that Camila Cabello was posting on her Instagram before the breakup, and she had recently started reading some like Sally, all Rooney of Sally Rooney novels. <laughs> all of Sally Rooney. She but was so like... was Sean. Sean was oh, reading okay. Beautiful World, Where Are You Too? But there was just a lot of Sally Rooney involved, which just implies to me like fraught relationship status between friends and lovers. Right. But I thought my favorite thing that happened was, okay, so Samino's rot of... Um, salt, fat, acid, heat fame, and just New York Times fame, just being an amazing chef and personality fame, had a podcast <sighs> called Home Cooking. And it's great. And Like during the great... pandemic. It was with um, the guy from Song Exploder. Rishi Herway. Mm-hmm. So this podcast was great. I loved listening to it through the pandemic. And unfortunately, last December-ish, they were like, we're done. We're not going to do the show anymore. It's over. And it was a little bittersweet. But you know what? It was a good show. Came to an end. I think they released like one sort of random episode in the spring that sort of popped up. And you were like, oh, cool. A, a surprise episode of Home Cooking. I'm sitting in my hotel. Pop. I get a notification from my pocket casts. And it says a new episode of Home Cooking is available. And I was like, what? This show's over. And it's called Happy Thanksgiving, parentheses, with Camilla Cabello. <laughs> Okay. This happened before they broke up too. Like this happened before they broke up. Right. So I was sort of like, that's funny. And I didn't listen to it until after they broke up. And she comes on near the end of the episode. The episode's good. It's Thanksgiving themed. It's not super long. And when Camilla comes on, she's a bit of a home chef, which I didn't realize. And they're talking about the Thanksgiving menus and, you know, like switching things up and doing new things and trying things that are interesting. Uh Uh-oh. And... Samin mentions a restaurant that she really loves that's doing interesting things. And he, that's the only context you need. It's a really quick thing. Just listen. Like, actually, there's this restaurant that I really love near Joshua Tree called La Copine. Yeah. The Girlfriend. Yeah. They're wonderful. <laughs> the Girlfriend. <laughs> Is that funny to you? But what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> because she's the girlfriend and she's not going to be the girlfriend in like two days. Bobby, this is one of your worst. This is one of the worst stretches I've ever heard Couldn't in my you hear life. something in the tone of her going, I was getting ready girlfriend. for something truly revelatory. That was like the opposite of anything that makes any sense. <laughs> I'm still I'm still cracking myself off about this. Camila Cabello going the girlfriend after like translating very rudimentary French to Samin on her podcast podcast makes me smile la copine yeah the girlfriend (laughs) i'll let you i'll let you have that one i was not i don't really i still don't understand why that's relevant but i mean you know god bless these two are over uh and best of luck to their respective careers 
La Copine. The girlfriend. <laughs> Here's three good headlines and a tweet. Headline one, Megan King shows off perfect home she bought amid humiliating divorce. Perfect and humiliating are in quotes. This is tagged on Us Weekly under real estate. Well, it's also paired with a very funny photo of her just smiling straight ahead. It's almost like she heard the first half of the headline, but not the second, you know? She's beaming from ear to ear about her perfect home, but humiliating divorce, I don't think would elicit that sort of smile. Want to read the next headline? Ali Fedotowski Mano, I always forget she, it's Ali Fedotowski Dash Mano, thought mm-hmm. she was having a bad reaction to Botox before learning she had shingles. I never clicked this headline because I felt like I didn't need to. No, keep going. Jeannie, Mai, and Jeezy include their unborn baby in their, <laughs> in their pregnancy sex. Unfortunately, I know what this means, and it's not any better than what this headline implies, although this headline does imply something funnier than what it means, if that makes sense. <laughs> One of my favorite positions is actually being on top of Jay. Because then you see your belly, you see his face, and when he gets to play, like when he's like playing with your belly or playing with your breasts and- What? Yes. He plays with your belly yes, during yes, sex? Yes, Like it just, cause then it's like, yes. I credit him. I didn't tell him to do this, so him normalizing that the baby's there. You know how some men might be like, I don't wanna touch the baby or maybe I'm not touching the belly, but making it all like, yo, you gotta be up in the mix in this. You, you, This is how you got made. I think that that's, there's something really beautiful about that, you know? Here's the last, we have three headlines and a tweet. Here's the tweet. Um, this is from at gay for <laughs> at gay for Macklemore. <laughs> <laughs> shaking in my boots because I was sitting next to Jonathan Lip Nikki having lunch with an off-duty Tom Cruise impersonator today on Melrose. I feel like you don't need anything else. The person does include a picture, but you don't need anything else there. Later on, and the picture comes later in the thread. So they tweeted this, seeing Jonathan Lipnicki having lunch with an off-duty Tom Cruise impersonator. And then minutes later, maybe even hours later, posts a photo that Jonathan minutes, Lipnicki maybe posted on his on his Instagram where he's like, had a great lunch with my boy, like whoever this Tom Cruise impersonator is. And the real surprise here, the gag, is that this guy looks nothing like Tom Cruise. Sure, but you know he's a Tom Cruise impersonator because his his, uh, Instagram handle is like Tom Cruise impersonator. Yeah, the person's screen name is not Tom Cruise official. (laughs) Not Tom Cruise official. And he posted a selfie with Jonathan Lipnicki Captioning it, lunch with my bud at Jonathan Lipnicki, proud of all his accomplishments. And if you go to his Instagram page, his bio is globally recognized impressionist, professional voice match for Cruz. There is no substitute. Let's hear it. He has it right here. I'm the new quarterback of the Los Angeles Chargers. No, no, you're not. Yes, I am. There was a memo. What memo? Show me the memo. Want me to show you the memo? Show me the memo. I, show me the memo. I, I don't have an army. See your pocket? Yeah, no, there's no you pockets. On these Show me the memo. He's doing a bit with Jerry O'Connell. Wait, he doesn't That's sound like him at parody all. parody of Jerry Maguire. Yeah, well, he's globally recognized. By And according to his Instagram bio, there is no substitute. So maybe he truly is the best one. There's got to be better. And I think he does um, cameos, which is clever. That is clever. Uh, he sorry, he doesn't do cameos. He does the the British version of cameo, which is called Thrills with a Z. Okay. Listen to oh. this. Here's one of his cameos. That's a shout out for a birthday that he does in the Tom Hanks drag. That's right. I am dangerous. 
Hey, it's Tom Cruise, greatest movie star in the biz, actually in existence, the most talented F-14 fighter pilot in aviation history, and the most beloved bartender of all time. I'm sorry, but it's a fact. <laughs> okay, I've heard enough he of this. He has the cadence down, I will say. He doesn't yeah. He doesn't quite have the voice, but he has the cadence. And also, he has a very specific era of Tom Cruise, which is funny. Like, he's really going for the, like, Oprah couch jumping, uh, Magnolia Tom Cruise era, which I'm not sure Tom Cruise is really as much in anymore. Mm-hmm. But then again, if you were like, what era is Tom Cruise in? I'd be like, I don't know. He's like, his, like, nascent Mission Impossible era where he just, like, does <laughs> videos talking about, like, actually riding motorcycles. I mean, it's just not as... He's not as animated as this anymore, I don't think. Actually riding motorcycles. You know, that's always the video. He's like, I actually read the motor- rode the motorcycle in this shot. No, I you know? was hanging off the helicopter, actually. Right. Every video is like that. Okay, well. Wait, 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 wait. What? Why am I such a dumbass? I realized why Gay for Macklemore was literally was shaking in his boots. Jonathan Lipnicki was in Jerry Maguire. I'm so oh, stupid. Oh, oh I'm so stupid. I just put that together. So why? So like, it is truly weird that Jonathan Lipnicki, who was a child star who like worked with Tom Cruise when he was like a baby, uh, is now hanging out with a Tom Cruise impersonator. I have to go put my boots on so I can shake in them because this is ridiculous. You're right. There's something dark about that. I didn't realize that had layers like that. It has like two layers and they're not flaky. They're not like Thanksgiving pumpkin pie layers. They're like sturdy, starchy, over-kneaded layers. Absolutely not. I don't like these layers. I don't like this story either. Lala and Randall's podcast and her tattoo is the name of this segment in our doc. Lala Kent, this is from OK News. Lala Kent claims she doesn't feel comfortable addressing her split from Randall Emmett yet after giving him the boot from their joint podcast. I have such a funny update to this. Not only has her podcast name fully changed, it's just Give Them Lala. Like, remember at the show when I was like, all like the, the, the show used to be called Give Them Lala dot 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 with Randall. And now that mm-hmm. Randall has cheated on her and is out of the picture, it's just called Give Them Lala. Like, it's so funny how easy it was for her to drop that. It's almost as if she knew that this was an inevitable ending, you know? But didn't they add Jessica, her assistant, in? Or did they no, cut well, Jessica it's still, already? No, it's called Give Them Lala. Wow. So it's just a fill-in-the-blank title, which is actually smart to do something modular like that. And her latest episode is her interviewing Sam Asghari. Sam Asghari is making the rounds. He's he making really the rounds. We're going to get to that. He really is making the rounds. I was fortunate enough to be beside Lindsay when she saw this and like really lost her mind in public on the train. Lala Kent had so a tattoo. Funny. That is capital R Rand, capital R lowercase a n d on her arm. I think it's like her writing or somebody's writing. It's a very specific it's handwriting. like yeah. writing, handwriting tattoo. It says Rand, R a n d. And Lindsay goes, she changed her tattoo and re- and made it a new phrase after this. And I was like, what could she possibly turn capital R Rand into? And what she did was she added a lowercase b before the r and then a lowercase n e w afterwards. So it says brand new, but the r is capped. It's a it's sort of sloppy and strange. No, it's actually hilarious. It's really funny because instead of like covering it up, it's not a big tattoo. You could easily cover it up. You could easily get easily get it lasered off for like five hundred bucks. Like this is not a like this is not a serious thing. She decided to create meaning in the cover-up, meaning putting brand new around Rand. Mm-hmm. Like, I am brand new, get away from me, you know? If it were me, I would probably just cover it up with like a black bar, just like it's like a censored bar, it's mm. over or something. Would and if you? I, 
I mean, like, what other word can you make with Rand? The the capital R ruins it. I mean, I wouldn't do a word. I would do, like, a flower or would do, like, a design. Like, it's not that hard to, like, go over that with, like, some sort of design. Random. Add an O-M even cheaper. Just an O and an M. That's funnier. Random is so funny. Or I'd add, um, the capital R, fuck... Ayn Rand? Question mark. No thanks. Fuck that. <laughs> Ayn Rand? No thanks. Random. Random is funny. I would do random and then I would put I'm. So it'd be like I'm random. That's the <laughs> tattoo. That's good. So I do Ayn Rand. No thanks. And you would do I'm random. I would do random. I would do I'm random and I'd put an exclamation point at the end or just random. That's good. <laughs> Two letters cheaper. Or you could do like a R, like a down, like an acrostic. You could do like down from the R. It could be Rand and then like something else. An acrostic's fun. I've never seen an acrostic tattoo. I like that idea. To be fair, I do think what she did is just as good as the things we're suggesting. <laughs> like our it's suggestions so aren't good, you know? But I liked what you noticed here is that she revealed this new tattoo, this brand new tattoo in Spawn? I think this is yes. technically counts as spawn, right? It was spawn for her collaboration, her eyewear collaboration yeah. with Dime. She revealed that she had changed her tattoo in, a, in an ad where she shows off her sunglasses. And then soon after, she does another ad for like a blow dry brush. Um, and I love that somebody commented, I'm glad you're making your own brand new money. Smiley face. <laughs> B capital R, brand new. And she can't That's help funny. herself during the video where she's like curling her hair with this like stupid thing she's selling. She's playing Destiny's Child Independent Woman. And people are like, yes, we see this song choice. We see it. I mean, that's low-hanging fruit, but you know what? Pick it. Pick it. It's probably tasty. Just reach up your brand new arm and reach that low-hanging fruit. Let's move from arms to legs. Arms to legs. Good transition. Tarek El Musa has clapped back at commenters trolling his socks. Again, this happened while we were away, while Lauren was away. And the reason I can't get over this is because... I think they're still on this honeymoon, though. So it kind of still... It's a three-week honeymoon. Well, you don't go to Dubai for, you know... One so day. far. Yeah. I just can't believe that these people, these two people, Tarek Al Musa and his new bride, Heather Ray Young, who is now, I believe, Heather Ray Al Musa, maybe not legally, but she's changed her name on Instagram to Heather Ray Al Musa. They went to Dubai and the Maldives for um, their honeymoon for three weeks. And while there, they should be having the time of their lives. They should be sitting by the pool. And here they are. And instead of like enjoying themselves. His kids are also with them, by the way. So that's like a, that kind of oh, okay. changes things a little bit. But even with the kids there, it's like focus on the kids. Instead of like having a good time on this honeymoon, they're listening to the haters. And the haters are particularly hating Tarek's compression socks that he's wearing in a single photo. So Heather Rayung goes on Instagram, posts the photo that everyone got mad at with her in slip-ons and him in sneakers and compression socks. And she goes, the first comments on that post of mine are about my socks. Not about, this is Tarek writing this, not about how beautiful Dubai is or anything of substance, but instead of immediately judging why you don't consider the alternatives first. I wear these socks because I suffered from clasped veins when I fly and I have to wear them to prevent blood clots. I have thick skin, so say whatever you want to, but in the future, you might want to rethink judging someone for wearing something that physically helps them. It's like, that's the opposite of thick skin, you know? Well, I was going to say... Why are you commenting on this? If he had thick skin, would he have also have clasped veins? <laughs> and also, a lot of people wear compression socks on a plane. On the plane. That makes total yes. sense. I just think it's funny that they were picking out just trolls. You don't have to respond to trolls, especially no. on your honeymoon. And here it is happening anyway. Heather Young doesn't just do that. She takes front-facing video 
reprimanding people who did it. And she says, channeling my anger towards educating you instead. So she has explained collapsed veins and the use of compression socks to people while on her honeymoon in Dubai. And we're like, what is this? What are you even just just enjoy yourself, please? Oh, that's what she posted today. She's absurd. Heather Young just posted a photo of her in what looks like a dentist chair saying, happy Sunday. What do you want to see more today? Early Black Friday sales or holiday gifts? And it's a poll. Did you take the poll? No. I just can't with this woman being essentially a lifestyle brand. Like, she's not even a person anymore. What do you think the winner is? Early Black Friday sales or holiday gifts? Holiday gifts. Let's see if you're right. They're still in Dubai, by the way. Are they actually still in Dubai, though? Oh, yeah. She's posting photos of her family. Oh, it's literally 50-50. (laughs) 50%, Which means there's, like, not enough votes to, like, determine the answer. Is yeah. usually what that means. She just posted, she was just on the cover of Stella Magazine, a magazine that apparently exists, um, along with Chriselle and Mary of Selling Sunset. Well, I am excited. I can't lie that I'm excited for Selling Sunset to come back. So it's like, I can say all I want about not caring about this woman, but I actually do care about the show that she's on that is coming back in like a matter of weeks, you know, very mm-hmm. soon. Oh, and I'm wrong. They are back in New York because she posted a photo of them making out in front of the Statue of Liberty and she's like, happy to be back. <laughs> Oops, I misspoke. But the caption for her photo on the cover of Stella Magazine, which is a Sunday Telegraph, I guess, extra, it says, name a better trio. We'll wait. And it's Heather Ray Young, Chriselle Staus, and Mary. I can name plenty of better trios, okay? Snap, crackle, and pop. I made Lindsay watch a little bit of... Uh, flipping 101 on the tour and she was like this is what he sounds like i always forget how like not compelling he is to me she's more compelling to me than he is in terms of like a tv personality she absolutely is quick relationship news following this we have a few quick bullet points jacob alordi and kaya gerber broke up um i don't even know they were still together i feel like she once again i feel like they both were like really in the spotlight for a sec and then they like dipped especially Mm -hmm. her yeah so they're broken up. She cut all of the photos of him off of her Instagram. Stop. All of them? Who was all of them? Petty. All of them. Did this? Did you write this or did Timmy? Sexy, boring couple, Jacob Alordi and Kaya <laughs> Gerber have did. broken up. <laughs> That's Timmy. Timmy Thank did. you. That's Sexy, so true. Sexy, boring. It is true that they're boring. They, they always were like spotted places and people would write about them, but they never seemed to say anything or do anything like that would be of interest beyond existing, you know? So we also have that Stevie J filed for divorce from Faith Evans that happened recently, but then there's been so much drama between these two and yeah, reality stars, they're on Love and Hip Hop. So this, you have to take, this is very like, El Musa stuff where it's like you really have to take news about people who are on reality stars with a grain of salt because it's like what's for the show what's not for the show but they apparently actually did file for divorce from each other but after that did you see this isn't in here there was a video that they posted of them like frolicking on some beach I think in Miami or LA or Santa after Monica or something the video like, that was like leaked with him being like before. you cheated on me so what came first was them frolicking like looking happy then there was the new video, which I'll play a clip of now, of him being like, you cheated on me to faith. We lied. It's I cool. We lied. They see I hate you. Please leave me alone. Please. I hate you. We lied. I hate you. It's cool. We lied. It's cool. Shit. F*** too. I ain't going nowhere. F*** too. I hate you too. But we in the business. Leave me alone. <laughs> I don't trust Stevie J for like one minute. I don't trust this at all. Stevie J. Famously untrustworthy. Okay, I need some happy news. I need some happy news. I guess you could call this happy. Taylor Lautner engaged to Taylor Dome, aka Tay Dome, which means Taylor Lautner is about to marry Taylor Lautner. Obsessed with the fact that he made this girl cut her name in half. 
to be with him. Tay, no, you have to be Tay. I spoke to my manager. I can't date a Taylor. You have to <laughs> go by like, Tay. I'm not going to marry you unless you go from Taylor to Tay, uh, or we can figure something else out. But we can't do Taylor Taylor. It is just simply weird. So she's becoming Taylor Lautner too. Taylor Lautner and Mrs. Taylor Lautner. Insane. They got engaged in front of a neon sign that's in sort of a script that says Lautner. 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 Yeah. And I thought, and they were introduced by, maybe we talked about this when they got together, because they revealed their relationship a few years ago when they dressed up in Space Jam costumes together for Halloween. And they're very low-key. Also, they're boring Uh as hell. She's just a nurse. But they were introduced by Taylor Lautner's, well, nay Taylor Lautner's sister. And I was looking through Taylor Lautner, the future Taylor Lautner, Tay Dome's Instagram. And I saw like six weeks ago, 12 weeks ago. They went to their friend's wedding they got who had a neon sign, sign <laughs> with a different last name. And I was like, I bet you 100% one of the tailors saw that and was like, we're doing that for our engagement. Right. And they got the name they of the did. artist because it's, it's identical. It's the exact same exactly color the same. even. The, same, the mm-hmm. same type of neon, you know? Our original conspiracy theory, again, this is so desperately boring. I'm like grasping at straws trying to find something good, interesting. But, sure. but listen, the joke was that Taylor Lautner nay taylor lautner asked his girlfriend taylor dome to go by tay so that there wouldn't be two taylors in the relationship i scrolled through tay dome's entire instagram feed to see if she went by taylor before meeting taylor lautner and i found evidence that she did her username is tay dome in an instagram post not long before taylor lautner was thrust into her life she referred to herself as taylor but wait it literally gets better In one of her first Instagram posts ever, September 24, 2017, she literally posted, this is like a year before they met, a photo of her getting baptized, and it's captioned, sorry, the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Why? Oh, because she's dead. She quoted Taylor Swift right before meeting Taylor Lautner. And she used a line about the old Taylor Swift dying and turning into a new Taylor Swift. Well, I love this because it introduced me to two people, not just Sophia Arista, who's like number one who in this equation, but Sophia Arista's fiance, who was a woman named Jess King. And Jess King is a very famous Peloton star. I would argue that Jess King is like more of a who than Sophia. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe Sophia is now like a, a 15 minutes of fame what or like a passing kind of like LMAO. But Jess is like an actual like. Jess is an actual who. Who. Yeah. Jess is one of the most famous Peloton instructors, along with all the other ones. I can't even name like Cody, the other one, uh, the girly who got Rigsby. married. Cody Rigsby is a Peloton. What was the woman we talked about? Hold on, what was her? Oh, the one Allie who got Love. married. Yeah, Allie, Allie Love, Love, who had a really long wedding. Yeah, so she's just one of the many Peloton instructors who we have grown to not necessarily love, but care about deeply over the past 18 months because of Peloton. I mean, if you you if you actively do Peloton, you care about these people yeah. deeply. I'll say that. Yeah. But the thing about her that I actually like before we get into Sophia Eurista's like recent controversy is that they had their own like pretty compelling narrative recently because Jessica, a woman, exclusively dated men before meeting Sophia Eurista and then dumped her boyfriend, I think maybe husband, and was like, you know what? I like dating women and they had this very passionate affair that's so like overwhelming and romantic that they get engaged. They want to spend the rest of their lives together. They have this whole beautiful like narrative just put on display on their Instagrams because they're both 
just a very specific type of Instagram influencer. It's overwhelming. And I like, I'm charmed when that happens. I'm like charmed by like someone who like newly identifies as queer, just being like, wow, I love this community. I love that I know myself now. And it's just like very overwhelming. So all this energy is like extremely positive. And then suddenly there's a headline about how this woman, Sophia Urista, apologizes for peeing on a fan's face as NASCAR permanently bans banned from its venues. Okay, and what you're like, the what the fuck does this mean? This was on Consequence of Sound, I believe. I mean, to be honest, it was the video that was going around first, not the headline. There was a video on Twitter that was like, uh, this like woman in a band like randomly took a piss on some guy's face on stage, and it was like very a lot of piss. The problem was it was <laughs> the problem. One of the things about it was there was just a lot of piss, and was it was so like, how piss. do you accidentally do this this was clearly intentional and then they were like oh this was at a metal festival but it was just a brass band that does like covers so it wasn't even like this hardcore band she was on season 11 of the voice she was on miley cyrus's team so that's sort of how she was thrust into the public eye and her band this is really funny considering the uh, urine of it all they are brass against they refer to themselves as a collective group of musicians who share the goal of creating music to inspire social and personal change well yeah I can't say they didn't. They do. I'm going to play some of the music here. Imagine the band members of this band that plays that sort of vibe just suddenly like drop and trow and then pissing on a man's face. I, when I heard this story, I kept seeing like the, the Twitter video going around and I was like, I never clicked play because I was like, I don't need to see this. But when I finally saw the image, which is honestly funnier pixelated than it is non-pixelated, this is like clear as day. This is someone who's close up iPhone 13, crisp, clear. That's a ton of piss it. just pouring on this it. man's face. It's actually hilarious. She has like eight band members, other band members, which is even funnier. It's like mm-hmm. there were eight people on stage that could have been like, don't do it or like stop pissing, <laughs> like whatever. And they put out a statement before her Once that you was start. like, we don't condone like the pissing. And it's like, what happened here? Like, how did this happen? And then she puts out a statement like I got like I got carried away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you did the coolest thing at the festival. What's the problem here? Like, why are you apologizing? Like, I'm so mad they didn't lean into this, you know? it's It was two consenting adults. A man said, Sophia, will you piss on my face? And she said, <laughs> I will piss on your face. I guess maybe there were like indecency laws. Maybe they broke the code of contact at Daytona Beach, which I guess I can understand. Fuck that. It's, a, it's like a fucking metal festival. I know. And then Daytona was like, we are banned or whatever. She posts this on Instagram. It's the font that... Camila Cabello used, the Courier New, uh, white on black, and the caption is just heart, one heart emoji. And it says, hey, everyone, I want to speak to my performance at Rockville Metal Festival in Daytona. I've always pushed the limits in music and on stage. That night, I pushed the limits too far. This goes on and on and on and on. I'm sorry people were hurt or offended. I'm not a shock artist. I always want to put the music first. I'm grateful for all of your continued love and support. If you saw this out of context, it would take you 6,000 guesses before you got to, is she apologizing for pissing on a man's face? You know, like, we're used to this sort of apology, but we're not used to this sort of, like, thing to apologize for. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, just, you, if you, if you, I, I do like the idea that if you were to read these apologies, you wouldn't know what it was for. No. Because they, no one says what they did. Like She never says, it, 
she never says what she did and the band never says what she did. Nobody wants to actually speak the, the piss. Like, nobody wants to say, like, she pissed on the face of a fan who actually loved it and it was, like, funny and great. Like, <laughs> Just a font of urine. It's just so much. And the the pixelated version, I really implore you to seek it out. It's funnier than the non-pixelated version because it's just, like, despite being pixelated, it leaves nothing to the imagination. You're just like, yep, that could only be one thing. There must be piss coming out of this person and going on to this man's face. There was no sign or statement from the man being like, I'm shocked this woman pissed on my face in the middle of an exciting concert. Like, just FYI, it was like fully consenting, fully like shock. I mean, obviously shock value, but like, I don't know. I just, I don't have a problem with this. Like, I just don't, I just don't have a problem with this. If anything, it's just a, you know, Shout out to Sophia Eurista for adding some flavor to the, the what, the brass band cover of like Maroon 5 or whatever the fuck they were playing. Who knows? <laughs> Not the most palatable flavor, but a flavor nonetheless. <clears throat> we're going to tell you about a new show called Jocular, hosted by ER Fightmaster, whom we've talked about on the podcast before, TN Tran and Katie Kershaw. They're comedians, they're writers, and they're also best friends who are obsessed with women's sports. Kind of like I'm becoming obsessed with women's sports. <laughs> you sort are. of. Kind you of. Are. A little you bit. Are. You are. They're exploring all things queer, trans, and women-focused in the world of sports, and in each episode, they'll cover the latest games, debate pressing issues, and review how they're all really horny for basically everyone in the game. This is every time I talk to someone who's a fan of women's sports, like a genuine fan of women's sports, not like a newbie like me, they're like, horny, 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 horny. I'm horny for all of them. I know. They're always crushing on people in the game. But that's why it's like we need a podcast that's not us to kind of tell us what we're supposed to care about, who we're supposed to care about, who's hot and who's sexy and who we're paying attention Yes, and that's what Jocular is for. Friends and experts will join to share their takes on sports ranging from women's basketball to soccer to power slapping. I don't even know what power slapping is, but I'm in. So tune in every Friday for new episodes of Jocular on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts now. Bobby, did you know that it's Live Nation's concert week? And from now through May 14th, you can get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. I did know because Live Nation sent us a list of all of the concerts. And I'm obsessed because I'm definitely going to see some of these people. Well, you can get up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, including Alanis Morissette, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson. Who else am I seeing? Lainey Wilson. Peso Pluma and Sarah McLaughlin, like back to back. That's fun. Megan Trainer, then Peso so Bluma, then Sarah McLaughlin, and have us the summer of my life. So grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. New who? Did you read about this? Yes, but tell me what happened. Rupert Murdoch's granddaughter, Charlotte Freud's blunt response to suggestions her mega rich life must be a dream, <laughs> as her dad reveals when she'll wed rapper fiance Luke Story. <laughs> this is great because not only is Charlotte Freud Rupert Murdoch's daughter, if you're like Freud, her last name is Freud. Yes, she's of course related to the Freud. Like, it's not just one dynasty she's involved with. She's involved with two dynasty. Her father is the Freud. Her mother is the Murdoch relating. And her yes. father, the way that her father's related to Freud is pretty funny. Her mother is Murdoch. Her father is Matthew Freud, the great grandson of Sigmund Freud and nephew of the artist Lucian Freud. We, I think we've talked we about We talked about Lucian Freud, Freud recently, yeah. Both of the parents <laughs> Somehow are the media, with Freud up. being the head of international public relations firm Freud Communications. So her dad is like a PR guy. 
Mm-hmm. It's funny okay. that Freud's name, which is associated with like psychology or whatever, is now like associated with like PR. A PR He's firm. Like, we're gonna we're gonna call this Freud Communications or whatever. Smart, smart. I gotta say, I trust Freud Communications. Rupert has thirteen grandchildren, so I'm not saying he's like incredibly attentive to like this one. You know, I kind of think she hates him. It's gone back and forth. But one of the things is like why this headline is existing is because she posted something and somebody commented like, must be nice, you know, and she was like, (laughs) it isn't nice or something. They said, must be nice being Rupert's granddaughter, the fan commented. The L.A. Bay socialite said her life was anything but idyllic, replying, it's a it's a healthy balance of nice vacations and PTSD. Honestly, that's the best summation of like what it's like to be an heiress or an heir that I could think of. I know. I'm not even mad at that answer. It's like, yeah, like this girlie's life is succession. Of course. It's like fucked up and also great. <laughs> it's not even succession because it doesn't seem like she really gives a shit about the business. She's just like, it's more like Ivy Getty, you know, like, oh, I'm enjoying the the spoils of my family, but actually my brain is destroyed because of them. She was profiled in, the ta- in Tatler, which is hilarious. Tatler still exists. Tatler, the magazine, like. Mm-hmm. Typical UK Tatler magazine. She was profiled and she had changed her name. So she like hated her last name, obviously, because she hates Rupert Murdoch. She said, my last name has always been something I can't avoid. It has always been a point of interest, even when I was a kid. Now she prefers to go by Tiarly, the name that she's adopted as she launches a series of pop songs. So she's now, she's a pop singer, Tiarly. She's mononymous. And she says um, she does watch Succession. She says uh, the show is sometimes so accurate, a little on the nose. They say it's not based on us, but there are certain bits I feel that have been plucked from my childhood memories. I love this line from the Tatler too. <laughs> Tiarly is already being, they're talking about her music. Tiarly is already being compared to Lana Del Rey, parentheses, which she likes. And Billie Eilish, parentheses, which she doesn't seem to like as much. <laughs> <laughs> We says, but she's really her own woman with a voice and songwriting skills. Even Murdoch money can't buy, which mm-hmm. I would argue it can buy songwriting skills and a voice. It's just another It also reveals why her name is T.R. Lee to begin with, because of her dead cat. She's named it after her her dead cat. Her, her dad's, dad's dead, dead cat. cat. Yeah. And sad. she's marrying this guy, Luke Story, who's like a DJ slash musician as well. It's Story with an E-Y. It's Luke Story mm-hmm. with an E-Y. Luke Story. They met at a London private members club where Story was DJ and T.R. Lee was working as a hostess, having dropped out of school. I kind of like her. She's like the she's like the best kind of heiress there is. Like she just like hates this shit and has been through many phases and like has mm-hmm. done every single thing to like separate herself, just be a general drain on the resources in like a and then like is fine now, you know? Yeah. This Luke story guy is very like What's funny is whenever you Google him, you also find, in addition to him, like, promoting his DJ skills and his DJ business and, like, oh, we'll travel the world, he'll go to Ibiza for you and, like, do a thing. He's also clearly a model. He has model representation as well because he's that kind of guy. He's, like, that alt-indie, like, bleach blonde guy. Yeah, yeah. It's funny to have an Ivy Getty and and this Charlotte character, like, back-to-back, you know? No, I love it. Right? I don't love this. (laughs) Just read the headline. Like, the headline alone says everything you need to to know. That's quite a love triangle, comma, actually. 
Elon Musk's ex-wife Tallulah Riley, 36, splits from pottery tycoon in his 50s and hitches up with 31-year-old Love Actually star Thomas Brody Sangster. We didn't get into this in the, on the we did we talked about this on the live show. We didn't get into the whole pottery tycoon of it all, but mm-hmm. literally like a pottery tycoon. What's her name? I already forgot. Emma Bridgewater. Emma Bridgewater. Well, Emma Bridgewater's husband was the pottery tycoon that she was dating. Okay, so listen. So Elon Musk's ex-wife, who he's, he was actually divorced and married to twice, if you really want the mm-hmm. specifics. She was on Westworld. We talked about her. Mm-hmm. They dated. They divorced. They dated again. They divorced again. She was dating Matthew Rice, who is the pottery tycoon, before this relationship. Mm-hmm. Matthew Rice's ex-wife was Emma Bridgewater, who's also technically a pottery tycoon. Uh-huh. Okay? She was dating him, but then they broke up, and now she's dating Thomas Brody Sangster, a.k.a. Who was the drummer. The, dr- the drummer little kid from Love Actually, or <laughs> for a more recent reference, although he looks the exact same with just a mustache on, <laughs> the the guy in um, Queen's Gambit, who's like the the kind of like second, you know, the the like, what does he even do in that show? He's Did the, you watch? He's the, he's, yes, I watched, he's the other like young chess champion. Right, 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 right. Whom right, she right, right, bests, right. you know? Right. Yes. Young chess champion. <laughs> champion. Champion. Yeah, so she's she's had quite the um, dating history. I just love that she married and divorced Elon Musk twice. It's very like, Insane. fool me once, fool me twice. Like, what are you thinking marrying that man again? Are you out of your mind? Obviously she is. Well, I mean, now she must say, I can't believe I did this twice, but I'm so happy I did it the second time, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Justine Musk, Elon Musk's wife before Tallulah wrote a story for Marie Claire in 2010 called I Was a Starter Wife Inside America's Messiest Divorce. And in this, she complained about Tallulah Riley, the person who Elon Musk dumped Justine for. And so there's this first person account and she writes in the late spring of 2008, because Tallulah Riley was also in Pride and Prejudice, the the one with Speaking of succession, that guy, Matthew McFadden and Kira Knightley. Mm-hmm. In the late spring of 2008, my wealthy entrepreneurial husband, Elon Musk, the father of my five young sons, filed for divorce. Six weeks later, he texted me to say he was engaged to a gorgeous British actress in her early 20s who had moved to Los Angeles to be with him. Her name is Tallulah Riley, and she played one of the sisters in 2005's Pride and Prejudice. Two of the things that struck me were, A, Pride and Prejudice is a really good movie, and B, my life with this man had devolved to a cliché. At least Thanks. she wasn't blonde. I found that refreshing. Well, I mean, either way, this, this she would also go through hell with him anyways. Yeah. It's like, Justine Musk is the author of Blood Angel, Lord of Bones, and Uninvited. <laughs> she lives in Los Angeles with her five sons and two dogs. I forget. You always forget Elon Musk has five other sons. He has so five, many kids. Five other sons. <laughs> he has so many kids. Okay, moving on. This is kind of amusing just because, I don't know if you guys read... The brief and very biting Sam Asghari profile in the New York Times written by Katie Weaver. And Katie Weaver knew exactly what she was doing when she was going into this. Actually, maybe she didn't know, but it is is funny because when they agreed to do this interview, he's going around town doing press for, which this is so embarrassing, by the way. He's going around town doing press for a new movie he's in with Mel Gibson. And like kind of spouting off how excited he's in to be in a movie with Mel Gibson without any sort of like realization that he's in a movie with Mel Gibson and why people don't really want to hear about Mel Gibson anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's weird. He's he's promoting that in his like personal training business or whatever. Like, I believe that he's dumb as rocks, but like this is like... <laughs> he's dumb as like a singular rock. He's dumb as like the dumbest rock. <laughs> right, 
Right. And so he's refusing to talk about Britney. He's refusing to talk about anything that actually makes him interesting. He's just like, talk to me about like Mel Gibson or whatever. And everyone's like, no. And so he goes to the New York Times. They agree not to ask him questions. But then when they write, when Katie writes the profile, she writes why people give a shit about this guy, which is Britney Spears' fiance, Sam Asghari, is in a weird movie with Mel Gibson. And he's like, how dare you write this? Mm -hmm. To be fair to him a little bit, his setup of like, assistant whoever's like repping him who's there are so obnoxious and hard to deal with that katie kind of like calls them out for being that way and i bet your ass they didn't know that that was going to happen right no here's the line that i think he claims to object to it says a woman who has been it says okay so she's writing about um how he's a 27 year old who's engaged to britney spears yes the lead he's engaged to a 39 year old woman who was four years the biggest pop star in the world blah 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 a woman who has been four years photographed in the regular company of no adults save mr asgari and whom he declined to acknowledge by name or even oblique reference as a condition of granting an interview and i think <laughs> he writes this very baffling but very angry Instagram story. Speaking of fonts, we had Camila Cabello use a Courier New. We had Sean Mendez use more of a Times New Roman. We had even Sophia Arista use that same Courier New. Samus Gari goes straight for Comic Sans, which absolutely <laughs> kills me. And it says, I am always learning. In this case, I was surprised to find out even the most reputable publication will break a written agreement. I have no hard feelings. It just comes with the territory. I have great respect for ethical journalism and every other publication in six years has honored the same agreement that the New York Times broke. Water under the bridge. And then he put a gif of a bridge that had water underneath it and Pinocchio with an enlargening nose. I absolutely love that the New York Times responded to this. They said... Our reporting gives the necessary context for readers to understand Mr. Asgari, a New York Times spokesperson, tells Yahoo Entertainment. There was no direct questions asked about Ms. Spears or the conservatorship, which we acknowledge in our story as a condition of Mr. Asgari granting interview and is not a violation of any agreement. They said they wouldn't ask any story, any questions. They didn't say they wouldn't actually put it in the profile as like, these are things that are commonly known if you know who this person is. And why else would you click on this profile? You know, he included on his weird, again, just the weirdest Instagram story. I said it had water at the bridge, Pinocchio. I forgot to mention that it also had Cartman, Cartman saying whatever at the top. He also included what looks like a screenshot of the original email Definitely. that his publicist that he sent New York Times. And he didn't even put the full thing, which is like very telling. He didn't put the entire agreement. He just put one sentence that said it would not include coverage of his fiance or his conservatorship. But it is interesting to me because the way that Katie wrote this and what I kind of love about it is that she's focusing on these people who are surrounding him and who seem bad. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on here, right? His mm-hmm. what his fiance Britney Spears constantly was surrounded by bad people who actually were a lot like these people seem so if you kind of read a little bit under the profile you can see what she's trying to maybe say is like this is another person who's maybe being taken advantage of by these hanger-ons much Mm -hmm. like the woman he's choosing to spend his the rest of his life with like free Britney like this guy's kind of getting into this situation right so I think that's really interesting and I also think that like the meta commentary of him not being allowed to ask questions was set up clearly by these two people who don't even know how the media works enough to say it's not like those questions mean that it can't be discussed in the profile so like Katie is kind of trying to make this point which I think she does really well is that like it's more about these kind of like shady figures that are kind of circling this poor guy that are always in the periphery yeah right not even in the periphery they're there I guess no they're front and center they're half of the they're They're half of the profile 
you read it once, it's funny. You read it twice, you're like, oh, this is a little dark. And he, she's trying to make a point. Like, Brittany has successfully extricated these, like, horrible controlling figures from her life, finally, right? We're all very thrilled about that. But now, what's happening with Sam? And in turn, what does that do to Brittany now that these people are... Like, if it's happening to Sam, and Sam is a, soon going to be legally bound to Brittany once they're married, if they ever get married, that's still a big TBD, I would say. What's that going to do to her? It's just like, get these people out of their lives. I have no problem with Britney dating like a dumb dumb but it's just no. the fact that he also wants to be an actor that is annoying like mm-hmm. if he was just like a dumb personal trainer living his best life they're like working out together whatever like he's he's living off her money that's fine by me it's just more like that he has these aspirations that involve press and media and stuff and that's when she gets dragged into this stuff and yeah, it's like and kind of annoying his aspirations are such that they open the door to kind of dark sketchy figures and that's exactly the opposite of what Britney needs also like a few days later he's on the red carpet for house of gucci and he says um something like on on video he says and i just want to thank she he's kind of just rambling so i don't think he meant to kind of go this far but he says um i'm just living my life and having a great moment and i want to thank spears because that's what he's talking about in the previous sentence. So much for putting me on the map as far as, you know, everything else that's going on in my career. She helped me so much with that. Let's be real. Let's be real with that. So he's kind of like, and if you play the clip, it's like he's saying like, we got to be real. Obviously, like, you know, I'm getting all these opportunities because of because my girlfriend. Of yeah. Right. So Beyonce. that's okay. So that's interesting. Let's, you know, like it almost feels like he's maybe folding in on himself in terms of like he doesn't really want to hide the fact that that's why he's here in a way. He wants us to know that he knows, you know? This is weirdly related. I don't want to spend a lot of time on Paris Hilton and her new husband, Carter Room, but- It's funny that Mel fucking Gibson keeps coming up on this podcast this episode. Rears his freaky deaky horrible anti-Semitic head twice in one episode. Paris Hilton's new husband, Carter Room, has secret nine-year-old child he's only met once with reality star Laura Bellisi, who briefly dated Mel Gibson. (laughs) What the fuck? So it's saying Paris Hilton's new husband- whom she married recently in a very big wedding that's going to be on her fucking show. Kim Kardashian was there. Everyone was there. This guy, Carter Room, has a child. I wouldn't... Secret nine-year-old child is wrong. She's not... The, the kid is not a secret. No. But the kid was once rumored to be fathered by Mel Gibson. Well, it's crazier than that. There was a VH1 reality show that had one season called Secrets of Aspen. Mm -hmm. This woman was a star on that show. While she was on that show, she met Carter Room and got pregnant. But at the same time, there were rumors about her dating Mel Gibson. So TMZ thought it was like Mel Gibson's child. Secret love child or whatever. In 2011. And she said, Mel Gibson is not the father of my child. And it turns out it was Carter Room who had (sighs) been featured on this show Secrets of Aspen. Un- Anyways. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I just can't talk about Paris Hilton ever again. A couple more things before we get to Rita. <laughs> and I think I'm obsessed with to. this. This is so visual, but I feel like we can do a pretty good job of describing these photos. We haven't seen photos like this since the Big Brother couple. These are more egregious because they are outdoors and they're extremely staged, like they're in public and they know that a photographer's there and they're trying to act casual. Here's the photo. People exclusive. Sandra Lee and Ben Youssef are inseparable, says Source, like a first love for them both. And the photos are them. I mean, when I saw, it was just so funny how you could tell what it was even zoomed up. Sandra Lee and Ben Youssef, her hunky young lover, whom we talked about a couple of months ago, cuddling on one of those big boulders that's in the middle of Central Park. They, do, it's a cla- That's a classic place where they engagement always do engagement photo. photos. Yeah, yeah, it's like the engagement photo spot. That's why you can rocks. tell exactly what it is the moment you see this. Even the rocks zoomed in, in Central like, Park. That's the Central Park rock. And so it's that. She doesn't have a ring. 
important. She doesn't have a ring. And then in another photo, they're just strolling on the Central Park path. I wonder what is like the impetus for like this, these photos. Like, does she think like, no one's talking about Cuomo anymore, or at least like we stopped for a second. Maybe it means that they're about to get engaged and this is, they're setting the table for an engagement announcement. Yeah. Yeah. But also maybe they were literally just in New York. Maybe they've been upstate at her house or somewhere else and they got back to New York and they were like, sweetie, while we're in New York City, staying at wherever we're staying at whatever fancy hotel, let's call the pops and take advantage of this situation. Well, also, I feel like these photos aren't even pops. They're just they're a professional photographer that they're then sending the photos to. They're just sending the photos directly to people after they've had them taken. I mean, this is this looks like an engagement shoot. I mean, we just said that. I love this. Friends of the couple, the source adds, affectionately call them Bendra. Bendra. I'm not sure people really care about Sandra Lee, I gotta say. And people don't know who he is. So it is interesting that these are like a thing, right? We care just enough about Sandra Lee because she's this vintage Food Network star who we're happy to see her flee this like terrible man's clutches. That's true. But like it is funny that she really doesn't do all that much these days. Yeah. And we like an older woman, younger man as a twist. Yeah. As a little as a little as a little twist, you know? Yeah. There was a little darkness, never forget there was a little darkness because it looked like he maybe like he left his wife maybe for her and kids. Yeah, no, whatever. there's definitely darkness. There's always sure. darkness if you look deep enough. Although maybe not in this next story. Uh, the only thing dark is the cocoa powder. Emily Hampshire <laughs> posted this on her Instagram. Ah! A photo of a gigantic Nutella bucket what do you call it? a nutella jar well this is the best thing about being vaguely famous is that you still get excited about this stuff because you can just post about liking something and then the brand because brands are so desperate for free anything will send you free product product because mm-hmm. they know that you're already doing the promotion because you like the thing so if they just send you a big jar of of nutella with your name on it that's basically free to them they're not yeah, paying exactly. you to do the ad and you'll get so excited you'll post it you know because you genuinely love nutella so a couple of months ago emily hampshire did a 25 things that I think maybe we didn't even talk about because it was so boring. It was but boring. it says 25 things you don't know about me. She's from Schitt's Creek. She was, uh, what was her name on Schitt's Creek? She was... Stevie. Stevie. She was Stevie on Schitt's Creek. Oh, you know what she did since Schitt's Creek? She was hit on by Demi Lovato and she was like, you know what? Yes, no. Yes, yes. <laughs> Demi was like, I want to date you. And Emily Hampshire was like, LOL, no thanks. <laughs> um, but thank you. That's flattering. She also dated Teddy Geiger. Yes, like Teddy, Teddy Geiger. I forgot yeah. that. Yeah. So Emily Hampshire posts on her 25 things that she bought an industrial-sized bucket, I'm quoting her, of Nutella when we first went into lockdown. I got to the bottom of it using only a spoon by the end. So she spends like a year eating like a Home Depot bucket of Nutella. I have to say, Nutella's so dangerous. Nutella's so dangerous in terms of like, I could also eat it with a spoon for hours, but it's like that shit packs up. The calories are packing. They pack a punch, you know? I know. Three spoonfuls and you're up to your daily recommended, you know? (laughs) Seriously. No, yes, you're right. Just a quick side note. Do you ever notice this? This pops up on Twitter like once every quarter or once every six months maybe where it's someone posting like the the cross section of a Nutella jar that shows you what the ingredients are. And it's like palm oil, sugar, hazelnuts, and cocoa powder, where it's like, people think that it's healthy, but you'll never believe what's in Nutella. I'm always like, bitch, what did you think was in Nutella? I never thought Nutella was healthy. Who thinks Nutella is healthy? I know it's it's the most delicious substance ever. I mean, I I don't... (laughs) Nothing's better than it. It's like eating a Cheeto and being like shocked that it's not good for you. It's like, (laughs) yeah, it's fucking... Nothing that tastes that good is good for you. Like, period. These are like... 
engineered to taste amazing and be bad for you. Unfortunately, that's the case. Like there are plenty of things that taste good and are good for you. These taste beyond good. (laughs) They are not good for you. (laughs) And so Nutella, because of this, sent her a brand new jar. Not as big as her Home Depot bucket. It's not her bucket. Her bucket was bigger. And it says, hi, Emily. And it says we Emily saw that you, it. We it saw that Emily. you. Oh, it says Emily instead of Nutella on the logo. That's cute, actually. I didn't notice that until now. Yeah. Hi, Emily. We saw that you showed your personal appreciation for Nutella. We thought the next thing you needed to add to your Nutella collection is a personalized jar made just for you. We wanted to send you a special something to spread some brand love and let you know that we are just as big of fans of you spread as you are of love. us. Smiley face, your friends at Nutella. At Nutella and at Nutella CA. Nutella, name she's one Canadian. project she's worked on. Nutella, name one project. Oh, and she goes, this is seriously one of the greatest highlights of my life career. I believe every word of that. I don't know if you understand what this means to me at Nutella. This is like getting an Emmy or an Oscar that I can eat. I don't think I've ever felt more like I've made it than getting this. Thank you from the everywhere of my stomach. No, it's cute. It's cute. cute. Loving Nutella is relatable. It's basic. We love it. Who doesn't love Nutella? Like, it's great. And it's, and it's, again, a brand, this is the least a brand can do, right? Yeah. They better fuck. If they don't do this. I say this as I shout like Dunkin' Donuts from the rafters. They didn't even come to us because of that. But it's just like, you know, they they should, right? No, they should. They should. They have enough. They don't need us. (laughs) We're dropping the bucket. Congratulations to Emily Hampshire for this, uh, this, this collabo. What was she wearing? Where was she seen? She posted what on Instagram? She's the Who Queen. Tens of people want to know all about the number one Who. Lindsay Bobby, tell us now. What's Rita Ora up to? Who is this woman? So Rita did do a lot while we've been gone, but fortunately, most of that happened like early in the week. And ultimately, by the end of this, it's very just like a normal Rita week. It just happens to also include maybe the biggest thing she's done in a while, which is go to the EMAs in Hungary with Taika by her side on the black carpet, not the red carpet. Right. I'm just saying, as a couple, they really killed it at the EMAs. Like, I I could not have told you what they did on stage. Well, actually, I could because you have some quotes in here. The photos that these two took on the red carpet, mama mia. I mean, if they are not a match made in hell, it's like, no, it's great. It made in heaven. Like, he is just as obnoxious as her, and she absolutely loves it like the silliness I mean it makes me think like more so that like oh my god these two are like in it for the long haul because just like he can match he gives the silliness that she really wants to play off of to let and she loves the attention of it all you know yeah and honestly what's really funny and maybe a little bit jarring about these photos now that I've really taken them in over the past few weeks few days is that he looks like he's more into it than even she is. And no one ever looks more down than Rita Ora. Taika looks like he's having a blast, you know, with her. And she's sort of the straight man in the equation, which I find kind of funny, you know? No, I love it. It's like it's like the tables have turned. It doesn't matter what role she plays as long as she's in the spotlight. But he is like stepping up to be the sillier person, which mm-hmm. I kind of love for her. He can do like the embarrassing thing or whatever. Yeah. Also, he's so much more famous uh, and rich. Mm, is he? Mm, oh, my God. Yeah, he's he's, he's more, more like a listier than her. I don't know if he's yeah. a list, but he's he's more like he's prestigious, glammy, prestigier than her. So For like sure. he has more of like a 
Like, who cares what I even do, you know? Yes. And I think uh, now that I'm thinking about the relationship, and I think a lot of people that she's been dated, that she's been rumored to be dating or actually dating, have been busy. They're celebrities, whatever. But both of these people, I think one of the things that helps their relationship is that specifically Rita, busiest person in show business, right? But Tyke is one of the most in-demand like writers and directors in Hollywood. So he's being pulled a million different places too. So I think they're really good at balancing like they both have a ton of friends and a ton of like industry work and i think they have that in common these two so far i mean tbd on like what happens as they like grow in their relationship but their priorities are the things that they're doing like in their (laughs) careers and not each other and if they Mm -hmm. can do those things together even better but no one is there there doesn't need to be that balance where it's like oh we need our own like me time it's like no like if we're together we're hanging out like with all our friends or like we're going to this party or like they both have like seemingly similar priorities which i absolutely love which is to hang out and have fun and be famous and be extremely well and be famous yes and so at the emas taika introduced rita to the stage she won you'll never believe so we joked about this at the live show but like what's so hilarious is that she always wins awards like rita or is constantly winning awards but they're the most generically named awards awards for like it's always like best in fashion style europe like it's like what is this for well, at the award show, this wasn't at the EMAs, but they went to win another award show for the British Luxury Awards. That's a real thing, apparently. And what did Rita win? You guessed it, British Artistic Icon. And what does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't have to mean anything. That's the whole thing. So Taika introduced... They know she'll show up. That's why. She, they know if they give her an award, she'll come. Yeah. And, she, and Taika goes, after the last 20 months, I think we can all relate when she says music is the only thing I rely on to bring me joy. Someone I adore. I'm her biggest fan. Rita Ora. Then Rita Ora goes on stage and goes, I could have watched that all night. And you do bring me joy. But music is more of a different type of joy less physical i'll just stop there and i'm just like no one has ever used more words to say we fuck <laughs> that is the mo- the clunkiest way of saying we fuck Rita or not great at innuendo great at most other things yeah what else happened she introduced taika to her parents allegedly and apparently went very well which i love it's the great it's, gr- it's great that all of this is kind of coming together they mm-hmm. were in i guess because they were in london together well because it makes sense they were in hungary for the emas they probably stopped in london on the way or like we're in london first and according to the sun according to a source a source a source mm-hmm. a source uh, a source they they met he met he met the parents he met her parents yeah. he met the parents Incredible. and she is allegedly totally serious about Taika, which seems very clear. I mean, the other whatever. thing that happened that's pretty funny is that she, because, you know, Rita's always gallivanting around the world. Her house is constantly empty. Who lives there? Apparently, Vaz Morgan stays there sometimes, which is cool. It's like his, like, friend Pied-a-Terre. But someone is officially renting that empty house, and that someone is Liam Payne. Because Liam Payne's like, fuck this. I left my house with Cheryl. I'm going to move back to London and stay at Rita Ora's place because <laughs> guess what? I guess I can afford it. The funniest thing about this, about this is it says, it's thought that their mutual friend, former The Only Way is Essex star Vaz J. Morgan, helped to arrange the deal between Liam and Rita. And he's a regular guest at their London home. And I'm like, <laughs> Liam, check the check the basement or the attic to see if Vaz is still like living there before you move in, you know? like Vaz lives in the guest room. But this also reminded me, this isn't about Rita, but Liam is back with Maya Henry, which I don't know that we addressed on the show. Because no, fully, we did. They're fully they're back. back. They broke up and they got back together. Speaking of being back together, we are back together with you. No more breaks in the foreseeable future. <laughs> Keep calling well, in at 619. Not if them. we can help it. And guess what? We still have three more live shows, which we didn't even promote at the top of the show, which we should have. Not this weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, but next weekend. The first we're back weekend in, of December. We're back in Chicago, Minneapolis, and Detroit. And like we're really excited about that because those are three of our 
three of our favorite places to be. Oh my God. I love Chicago. I love Minneapolis and I love Detroit. Truly, truly, truly can't wait to be there. See you there. Who will get us to buy tickets? Keep calling in at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Support us on patreon.com slash whoweekly for bonus episodes and more. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for writing our theme song. Thank you to Timmy, our research assistant, for providing everything else. And um, thank you for listening. Oh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We love those. We've been missing out. So we got to get back on those charts. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you on Friday. Bye.